passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by the starting kicker of your Golden Gophers, Matthew Trickett, and me, Tony Liebert. Um, we are fresh off a week one 38-0 Gophers victory over New Mexico State. And uh, a perfect day kicking for Matt Trickett. I guess we'll just start there. Uh, how happy were you with your uh, performance? You're obviously perfect on field goals and extra points. And uh, how, I guess, how satisfying is that to uh, start out a year with that type of performance? I mean, it's always great to start off, uh, you know, what was it, six for six, I believe. Um, you know, the goal of our team, the goal of the offense is always just for me to kick extra points. And if I have 70 extra points on the season and one for one on field goals, that's fine by me. That means we're winning games. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of dominating all three phases of the game. And we knew coming in that anyone can beat us. We learned that lesson last year and, uh, it was good to really start fast with, you know, touchdowns on the first drive, second drive, and just really never letting our foot off the gas. Yeah, so uh, a game like that is is interesting because usually even when you have a game uh, against an inferior opponent um, and you dominate and you win by a lot, there's usually still uh, stuff you can improve on. And obviously there is stuff for you guys to improve on after this game, but uh, – obviously with a shutout on defense and really getting everyone involved on offense. Uh, from my perspective, it seems like there's, there's not uh, many like glaring uh, directions that to improve right after this game. So I guess from your point of view as a player, what's kind of like the vibe in the locker room after a game like that? Yeah. I mean, everyone is super happy with everyone's performance and how it did. But I mean, as you said, there's still some things here and there that, each player would like to take back and luckily with a big performance like that 38, nothing, we can take that and learn from it without much um, repercussions. Like it didn't cost us a game. It didn't cost us drive. There was still zero points scored for New Mexico state. So we're really happy with how the end result was, but kind of the process of getting there, the game plan, the execution, um, more of that stuff we need to clean up with because I mean, right now we're lucky to start with three non-conference. And then after that, it's going to be all conference and every single game was going to be a challenge. And I mean, everyone in the big 10 knows that each game you have to show up and execute the game plan as well as you can to win. So 
that's really what we're focusing on right now. Just um, mastering the game plan, getting in, watching a ton of film, not only on the opponent, but on ourselves. And every week we're just going to treat as Minnesota versus Minnesota. And are we going to be able to perform to our best ability week in and week out? Yeah, I, I think that's the perfect mentality for a team to have. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways from this game, uh, at least from the fans' perspective and the media's perspective, was uh, both Mo and Trey coming back from serious injuries, and they both look 100%. And uh, I guess from the team's perspective, how how cool was it for all of you guys on the team to see two guys that are so such an important part of this Gophers team um, and how, like, happy did you feel for them seeing them come back from serious injuries and just kind of pick up right where they left off? Yeah, I mean, it's been a grind for both of them. I mean, obviously, Mo, very first game last year, that was a huge hit for the team. And then a couple weeks later, Trey going down with something that we didn't really know much about at the time, and I'm sure fans knew even less. Yeah. So it was – really hard losing them last year and just to see them back together as a complete running back room with guys getting back and being healthy. It's exciting to watch. I mean, they're two phenomenal players. And then on top of that, they're two great people. So seeing them back, seeing them healthy, um, smiles on their face and being able to contribute to our team is huge. And I think everybody in the locker room knows that and, we're not going to take uh, take it for granted this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I would imagine. Um, but so then another big theme was obviously the defense let up zero points. Uh, New Mexico State really wasn't able to move the ball really at all for the first three quarters. I think they didn't get their – I think they had like two or three first downs in the first three quarters. And yeah. I guess from uh, your point of view on the sideline um, and – kind of the offense as a whole, when you see – and the team as a whole, when you see uh, a defense doing that well and dominating so so much of the game and really limiting, limiting New Mexico State to almost nothing, um, how – like, I guess were you even, like, surprised a little bit? Like, they were, they were dominating start to finish really on every single play. Surprised? No. But – I mean, any time that happens, like, it's like, wow, we really have something special here. Um, and you could just tell throughout the entire offseason, we had a lot of guys on the defense really hungry for more and great leadership and kind of that crazy mentality that a defense needs, yeah. that always hungry, that ready to attack at any moment. And I think we have that a lot of our players and a lot of the young guys are really feeding off of that. And I mean, we got a lot of guys, a lot of new guys in uh, like on the D line, a uh, few at linebacker and uh, corner as well. So they were able to get some reps and really show how hungry they are as well. So, I mean, there weren't a ton of plays on defense, but it was a dominating performance and really exciting. Yeah. I, I mean, from, from my perspective, I think that's definitely going to be one of the strongest units in the country this season. Like I, I don't really see any weakness anywhere on 
that side of the ball. And I think they show you guys showed it uh last night or Thursday night. But um even starting out the game, uh first play of the game, Justin Wally almost had that interception. Um and I or that I think that was the second play of the game. But uh yeah. when you jump into a season like that and that play was so big, I just it felt like uh that almost just like kick started the whole game and it made I I could almost like see, sense from like the sideline that everyone just got, they're like, okay, this is football season now. And like that big of a momentum shift and that big of a play, even though it didn't stay, it didn't stand. I feel like that almost just kind of jump started the whole game. Would you kind of agree with that? Yeah, I think something like that, that happens so quickly from one of our players making a huge play, like that just jump starts the whole team. And we're really able to feed off of that. And that's one huge point of emphasis. We want to be able to play the game like that at 100% from start to finish. And when you have a player like Justin Wally able to make a big-time play like that really early, that gets us all going. And, yeah, not much more else to say about it. Yeah. Um. So from an off-the-field the perspective uh, – Jerry Kill's handshake with PJ Fleck before and after the game was obviously talked about a lot. Um, I, I know you obviously don't want to go too deep into it, but we're in the locker room where you guys kind of as teammates or even uh, with the staff uh, kind of poking fun at the whole situation. Cause it is kind of a little over the top and something that almost the media drove to be bigger than what it is. So when there's something like that and a lot of stuff going off the field that, uh I'm assuming the staff wouldn't bring up at all in meetings and stuff, but uh, how, how do you kind of handle that as a player? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone on the team was even thinking about it. Um, I know I wasn't. And when, you know, we go at the end of the game and shake all the other guys' hands, um, I was just looking for the other special team guys. Cause that's usually what we do. We go up and, you know, tell each other good luck and well done. Their punter had a fantastic day, really limiting our punt return team. But all of a sudden you hear the roar of the crowd. And then I was like, oh, they must be shaking hands or something because you never hear the roar of a crowd after a game when the people are just shaking hands. Uh, so, like, we definitely knew about the story and whatnot, but I think everyone was more focused on doing their job and, the coaches have their job. They have to game plan. They have to call the plays. And then the players have to go out and execute. And, I mean, it takes a lot mentally to focus in on all that and know exactly what you're doing. So I doubt anyone really had room in their mind during the game to really think about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a spectacle for the fans. It's uh, yeah. a talking point. And, I mean, that's, that's how the game is. That's how all sports are. It's going to be – it's not going to change what we do on the field. Um, and that's kind of the mentality that we have. Yeah, I, I definitely say uh, that's that's something for the, the fans and uh, media to be interested in rather than the players. But um, so now after a game like that, um, how I guess how quickly do you guys turn your focus to uh, Western Illinois in the next week's game? Like uh, even just right after the game on Thursday, um, so you guys obviously are in the locker room after the game. Does do everyone typically just go home or do you guys like hang out after the game or kind of what does the team do 
a little different with a night game, obviously, but uh, kind yeah. of right after the game, what what, what does the team do from uh, your point of view? Yeah, so, I mean, with a night game like that, I think we all got out of there probably around 11.45, 12. Um, so at that point, most guys, you know, just get their food and go home, rest a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's what I did. I hung out with my roommates and whatnot. Um, but typically, you know, you go back, you recoup, eat some food, talk with your roommates, teammates a little bit. And then, you know, if your family is able to come, maybe spend some time with them. Um, but really after the game, we just want to celebrate for after the game until I think typically like a midnight when you go to bed, but with a night game like that, it's a bit different, yeah. but you just want to celebrate that win because winning regardless in football, college football is hard. It takes a lot of work. And I mean, that's why we're here beginning of spring all the way up until now training every single day. So it's hard and we really want to value each win. So it doesn't matter the opponent. We're going to celebrate the win. And then we really start on the next opponent the following morning. So that, yeah. So we started uh, Western Illinois, started watching our films on our own, you know, the next morning and really started with focusing on ourselves and what happened in the previous game. And then after that, you can see what you did right, what you did wrong and how we're able to apply that to the next game. Yeah. Um, do you roommate room with uh, the other specialists or do you uh, room with people not on the football team? No, I room with not the specialists, some um, O-linemen. So okay. JJ G'day, Jackson Rushmeyer, and Logan Purcell. Okay. Super yeah. cool. Um, yeah. That's fun. That's be an interesting uh, dynamic. I, I guess on the football field, you guys don't have too much in common, but. No. Closest we get is them potentially blocking for me on a field goal. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So you you said uh you start uh Western Illinois prep usually the the next day. Uh, I know a week like this it's it's different because it was a Thursday game and you're not in a typical like game week you will for the rest of the year. Um. But so like on Friday, do you guys you uh what time do you uh usually get to the facilities and uh. Is it usually you're just uh, breaking down film from last night's game, and then uh, is it a mixture of both last night and Western Illinois, or uh, how quickly does that uh, flip switch to uh, the the next week? Um, I wouldn't really know. It probably bases on you know position yeah. for us as specialists. Completely different. Yeah. Um, our jobs is so independent from the rest of the team. And, I mean, you can scheme a little bit for punt, kickoff, stuff like that. But for me, as far as field goals go, goalpost doesn't change. The guys rushing changes and how hard they're going to rush. But we just try and focus all that on ourselves. And I think a lot of our team does the same. With just focusing really hard on ourselves, we're able to kind of eliminate the opponent from anything. So coach can call a play. Tanner can go out, throw a perfect pass. Crab will catch the ball right where he's supposed to in stride. 
And if we're able to do that, it really doesn't matter who's lined up across from us. So I think a lot of the focus this year is going to be on ourselves as Minnesota versus Minnesota. And whoever happens to line up against us, we're going to give them all we got. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're obviously not in the, in the film room with the other positions, but, uh, you, the Gophers kind of started the year out with a favorable schedule. If you'd say with two teams that aren't going to be at the top of the FBS or FCS with New Mexico state last week and Western Illinois this week. And like you said, it's always, it's a, uh, it's a one week season every week and it's the Gophers versus the Gophers. Um, do you think the culture that Coach Fleck has made and the program kind of where it is is kind of what helps you guys realize that it's New Mexico State last week and Western Illinois this week and it's no one else? Because, uh, like, it, it would be kind of almost naive to sit, to not notice that your first two opponents are going to be a little bit different than your next ten. So, how I guess how do you think you guys are able to – just focus on Western Illinois this week and just focus on New Mexico State last week and realize that it is a one-week season. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the culture definitely drives that. And, you know, you hear a lot of coaches, you know, say coach speak and whatnot because everything they say sometimes sounds cliche. But – Last year, for sure, against Bowling Green definitely was a wake-up call for all of us since that was the last of our non-conference. And then we were going to start, you know, getting into the eight weeks of conference play. Yeah. But they caught us by surprise, and we didn't take that 100% seriously. And, uh, you know, that's college football. That's what happens. You get teams that are supposed to win. They get caught sleeping, and something crazy happens. So – I think all the leaders in the room, all the sixth year, fifth year guys really know that well now. And they're making sure the entire team takes everything seriously every single week. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's all you kind of can do. Um, obviously, like I said, when you're looking at an opponent like a Western Illinois or New Mexico state from, from my point of view, I would imagine it is, it's different than a conference game and it just the only way you can motivate yourself for that game is you just have to motivate yourself. Cause uh, yeah. it, 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 you're supposed to win the game. If you uh, I would assume last year's bowling green game kind of taught you guys the worst case scenario on what, why these games matter, why you play these games. And yep. uh, it's just, a, it's a, that it is what college football is. And um, I, th I think to start out this year, the Gophers have such an interesting schedule because it, it really is just kind of like easing into conference play and uh, the last non-conference game against a power five team with Colorado um, and three home games to start the year. I feel like that's kind of odd. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's just kind of the start of college football. And uh, I, I think – at least from my perspective, you just got to kind of got to take it week by week and that's all you can do. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a fan's perspective is completely different. Um, you know, should I buy a ticket to this game? Uh, it's New Mexico State and it's Western Illinois. Like, yeah, that's 
kind of the same mentality trap that a lot of guys, a lot of players in college football can fall into. And that's really what we're looking to avoid this year is just that eh, it's not going to be that good of a game because they're not that great of an opponent. Well, you don't really know that. You can look at their film and whatnot, but each week is a different week. They've improved a lot. You've improved a lot. And game plans can be completely different. So that's why we want to really focus on executing our game plan to the best of our ability. Because if we're able to do that, sometimes we may be the underdog. Um, So we don't go into those games knowing that we're going to lose. We go into those games with every intention to win. So that's the same as all these other teams and can't take any of them lightly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all we can do. Um, So obviously with school starting up uh, tomorrow, um, you're obviously a different situation than a lot of players. You're a fifth year, six year senior. And uh, but how many classes are you taking uh, this year? I'll be taking three classes. Okay. No, I, that's always an interesting thing, obviously, because most fans they remember in college, they go four years and they have their normal class load. But once you get into the fifth and sixth year, it's different. Um, and yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not the same level of uh, level of class that you had uh, to start college. But that that's I would assume is always an interesting aspect because uh, really football growing up, even in high school, it kind of seems like you'd always play one game before school starts and then you kind of get into the routine. It's almost like there's no preseason um, in high school or college football, uh, but it almost seems like that first week kind of is because it's, it's different routine than the rest of the year. And I, yep. I feel like now with school starting, it's just going to be a different vibe around the program. Yeah. It's always, it's always something to get, you know, the new guys into that routine because from this point, what they got here in the summer to now all they all they have known is football you know we have 24 hours in a day and we're able to spend 12 15 hours at the facility watching films lifting you know practicing recovering doing all that stuff Um, but then when the classes hit you really have to be a lot smarter with your time and you have to still be able to meet your academic requirements, you know, go to tutoring, get all your classes done, make sure you're there on time and kind of all what our culture, our program demands of you. And then on top of that, you also have to be a top tier football player. And for a lot of freshmen, that can be really hard, but you know, that's why we have such great, great leaders on this team. They're able to, you know, talk with their position group and guys and really get them under their wing so they can teach them how to do it the right way. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense for me. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's all we got for uh, this week's episode. Uh, Western Illinois week two um, on September 10th, 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, it, it is a game against FCS Western Illinois, they play in the Missouri Valley Conference. But uh, like like Matt said, uh, every week matters, and there's a reason why they play these games. So if you're listening to this podcast wondering if you should go to the game, let's fill up Huntington Bank again. And uh, there was a 
a solid, uh, at least student crowd for the first game. I would say that uh, I was I was impressed yep. with how many students were there. Um, so let's fill up the whole stadium and uh, take it week by week because that's all you can do at the start of the season. Uh, but thanks you guys for listening, and as always, row the boat, Sky Uman, go Gophers. Go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.